If you want to see your ideas come to fruition and be more influential at work, then gathering more evidence and data is not the way to go. To influence other people's decisions is a lot more about understanding their mind and their brains and a lot less about data and evidence. In this week's episode, we're going to talk about three specific tips to influence other people's decisions. Here's the question. How do you successfully transition into your first official leadership role, build the confidence and competence to lead your team effectively, and establish yourself as a respected and trusted leader across the organization? That's the question, and this show provides the answers. Welcome to the Manager Track Podcast. I'm your host, Ramona Shaw, and I'm on a mission to create workplaces where work is not seen as a source of stress, but as a source of contribution, connection, and fulfillment. And this transition starts with developing a new generation of leaders. I'm a leadership coach, a mom of three, a coffee lover, and a travel enthusiast. Stick around because in this show, you'll learn how to think, communicate, and act to become a confident, high-performing leader people love to work with. Let's go. We've all heard it before. Common sense is not common practice. And the same is true when it comes to influencing other people's decisions. We might see it black on white. It is so obvious that someone would choose option A, yet for some odd reason, they're choosing option B. We might be passionate and convinced that our new innovative idea or this project that we've been pursuing for so long or this resource that we so desperately need, maybe the new tool that you want in your tech stack is the best solution for everyone involved and for the business from a financial perspective and otherwise. Yet, for some reason, the stakeholders that are part of this decision-making process don't agree. And you might have been in a situation like this where you're just baffled by the decision that others are making and you don't understand what went wrong in the process. But one thing might be clear to you that the data and evidence that you provided that seemed so logical black and white was not strong enough and compelling enough to convince other people. So becoming more persuasive and influencing other people's decisions is a skill that can be learned. There are specific ways that we can shift our communication in the way that we make an argument for our case that will make it easier for other people to get on board with our ideas and therefore we can influence other people's decisions. Can we control it? Not at all. Can we influence it? Absolutely. And as I said in the beginning, Evidence is not going to be it. The answer to this question has to do with understanding people's minds and their brains. And actually, a lot of the work that I do when it comes to coaching and helping people overcome challenges, build stronger relationships, improve their communication skills, their executive presence, motivate employees, and the list goes on, has to do with understanding how people tick. A funny example here is that I... Hear people say at times, well, I don't understand why I need to praise them so much. They're getting paid for the job. Like, just show up. That's what I pay you for. And 
Why do I need to say thank you all the time? Why do they, why are they so needy? They need praise all the time. And I get it on an intellectual level that yes, you do pay them to do the job. And so it's not like they're doing you a favor and you have to say thank you. I, I get the argument from a logical standpoint. The flaw with this rationale simply is that we're dealing with humans and humans are highly emotional beings and therefore logic doesn't cut it. It's not going to make you effective in that sense. The same is true when it comes to influence. Our minds are driven by emotions plus we have biases in how we process information and how we make decisions. So trying to push your way through with logic and common sense is usually not going to get you the best results. In fact, there are a lot of studies out there that show this and confirm this by looking at how we're biased in our decision-making process. And in fact, one of the scary findings, at least I find it (laughs) somewhat concerning, is that analytical people are actually even more inclined to twist data to suit their own benefits than less analytical people. So for example, a study done by Yale was looking at people with strong opinions of gun control and then their ability to accurately analyze data. And what they found is that the people who have strong math and analytical skills actually did worse in interpreting the data on gun control. And that is just one of the many studies that have been done on this, confirming that we're driven by confirmation bias. While we are analytically minded, when it comes to making decisions, our opinions are skewed and we are influenced by tons of different biases. Now, I hope that made it clear that evidence and data is not going to be enough and that there are other ways that we can become more influential when it comes to decision-making processes. And so I want to share three specific tips with you to help you influence other people's decisions. Now, before I do, there's one requirement that needs to be met here, and that is that you need to be open-minded to the fact that we're not logical beings. And I'm saying this because the thing that I see getting in the way when I coach clients sometimes is, especially those who are very analytically minded, is that there is a resistance almost to believing that we are all making decisions that are emotionally driven and not logical. Because we make an instinctual decision or an emotional decision, but then we use our logic to rationalize that and explain that decision. So then we think we made a very logical decision. It's actually not the case. We made an emotional decision and then our logic kicked in, including the confirmation bias and other biases that then explain sort of in a logical frame why we made this decision. So if you have some resistance in the belief that we're actually not making logical decisions, this may be hard to absorb. So how about just letting that go and understanding that our facts are just not wired that way. Our emotional and instinctual brains are way stronger than the neocortex, which is the place where we do all our rational and logical thinking. And that's how we as humans have evolved. So with that said, the first tip, tip number one to influence other people's decisions is to start by establishing common ground. So instead of going into a conversation telling them the things where you disagree with, telling them how you have a different opinion or why your opinion is better. Start off and spend enough time looking at what you agree on first. Also, 
look at and try to figure out what are the common goals that you have. So first, what are you agreeing on before you even go into the places where you disagree on? And then look at what are the common goals. For example, there's a study that looks at how pediatricians can convince parents to get their kids vaccinated. And when they encountered parents who did not want to get their kids vaccinated because of the alleged correlation between vaccines and autism, then pediatricians would usually go and find studies that would show, oh, this is actually not true, or they would find all kinds of ways to convince them that they should actually vaccine their cases. But that actually didn't convince parents very often. So what they tried and said in this study was to look at the results when the pediatricians would focus first and foremost on the common goal to keep their kids safe and then look at ways that these illnesses that vaccine would prevent could actually hurt and impact their kids if they weren't vaccinated. So Focusing mainly on that common goal to keep the kids safe and healthy was what ultimately created way better results. In fact, parents were three times more likely to then get their kids vaccinated when the pediatrician applied that approach versus trying to convince the parents by looking at statistics and data that wanted to prove them wrong that vaccines were actually not causing autism. So trying to prove them wrong was not helping. Looking at the common goal of keeping the kids safe was way more effective in influencing these parents' decisions. So that is tip number one. Establish common ground and focus on the common goal. In the workplace situation, this could be going in and saying like, hey, we both want more sales for the organization. You might have a different approach, but start by saying we both want the best for the organization. We both want more sales. We both want a better quality or increased security or whatever that might be in your field. That's where you focus on a common goal. So in a workplace, this could mean that you would go into a conversation or a negotiation for that matter. And instead of coming in and arguing, you could say, let's start off by summarizing the places that we do agree on. So we currently agree on, and then you list all the things that you're in alignment with. Then you also look at the common goal. You can say, and on top of that, we also agree and want to create more sales for the organization. We both want to improve the quality or we want to reduce risk or we want to get funding. Whatever that common goal is, you establish all that first and then you can look at what are the different options to get you to that place. So that was tip number one. Tip number two is to highlight immediate benefits. So sometimes we focus on like those long-term benefits down the road when we want to make a case for our solution or our idea. But look at all the different ways that your idea can lead to immediate gratification or an immediate reward and highlight those immediate rewards. It may be that 
if you say like if we introduce this benefit to the employees or if we allow them to choose if they want to be in the office or if they want to work remotely then the immediate benefit is and then highlight those things right we might save office space we might retain talent in the short term and keep elaborating and focusing on the immediate reward that people will get to our brains is way more important than the long-term rewards even though those long-term rewards may be great and super helpful in our brain immediate gratification immediate benefits get assigned a higher importance there's a fun study here that i think illustrates this well there's this group of people who looked at how do we get doctors at hospitals and healthcare workers to wash their hands before they go into a patient's room and when they leave the patient's room and the national average for healthcare workers to wash their hands is around 40 percent but this particular hospital had like a 6.5 percent compliance rate which is super low and we obviously know the correlation between hand washing and infections right so what they did in this particular hospital is they installed video cameras to track the healthcare workers compliance rate i'm gonna keep this simple here there's there's more to how this was observed and gathered but in essence that it observed this for about four months and the compliance rate was 6.5%. Then they installed a monitor that gave the healthcare workers immediate feedback on the compliance rate. And they would say, congratulations, um, so many people have washed hands, this is, this is where we're at. And that immediate reward when people saw, like when they washed hands, the line would bump up or the percentage would increase right away, which is what make them feel good. Increase the compliance rate to 81.6% in the first four months and 87.9%, way above national average, after the survey was initially conducted. So just by seeing the immediate bump when they washed hands, these healthcare workers were incentivized and encouraged, motivated to actually wash their hands. This is just one example that shows the benefit and how incentivizing and motivating it is for people to see an immediate reward. So that was tip number two. Tip number three is that you want to highlight what other people are doing. So we are social creatures and we love to do what other people do. Is it logical? No. Is it how our brains work? Yes, because we're wired to be part of a tribe and want to belong. So a couple of examples that illustrate this principle really well is that there was a movie that was called Sideways and the big theme of the movie was around wine. And then the main character was talking about why he loved Pinot Noir so much and why you shouldn't be a Merlot drinker, but why people should drink Pinot Noir. And after that movie was released, within three years after the release date, the consumption of Pinot Noir increased by 16% and the um, consumption of Merlot decreased by 2%. And people in the wine industry refer to this as the sideways effect. But at the root cause of it is that idea that people want to do what others are doing. Uh, another example is that Great Britain introduced a sentence in their letter to taxpayers that said, nine out of 10 people pay taxes on time. One simple sentence, this sentence that nine out of 10 people pay taxes on time increased compliance by 15%, which is huge, all just because we're motivated to do what other people are doing. And so people felt incentivized to belong to also want to pay taxes on time. 
A similar concept is what many of us see on their energy bills, where it compares our energy usage to the energy usage of people in the neighborhood. And then we see what do the sort of the green users, how much do they consume and what was the average or the median consumption in the neighborhood. And I notice it myself when I look at my energy bill, I have like this drive to want to become more like my neighbors or more like the green person or the green user in the neighborhood. And so that is how companies leverage these principles to influence our decision making, our energy usage, our uh, timeliness and how we pay our taxes and so forth. So when you're trying to make a case for an idea or for a project or resource, emphasize what other teams or other people or other organizations are doing. When we do this, it actually triggers our amygdala. And the more our amygdala gets activated, the more likely we are going to decide in favor of what other people are doing. So quickly recapping, tip number one was to establish common ground first and then focus on the common goal that you have. Tip number two to influence people's decisions was to highlight the immediate benefits and the rewards to them taking action. So focus more on the immediate rewards versus the longer term benefits. And then tip number three to influence other people's decisions was to emphasize what other people or companies or competitors are doing. These are three key tips that are actionable that you can go out and implement right away. And I hope you do so. And if you get a win out of it or if this really resonated with you, please do share it with me. Tag me on social media. I'm going to drop the links down below. Share this episode with other people or friends or colleagues that you think would benefit from it. It would be fabulous and help us spread this message. That's what we got. Have a wonderful week and I'll be back next week. If you love this show, then you love even more my free training for new managers. If you haven't watched this training yet, then I'll strongly encourage you to sign up at RamonaShaw.com forward slash masterclass. You'll discover the key shifts you'll need to make as a new manager and the number one most common mistake to avoid. Plus, you'll walk away with actionable tips that you can apply in your role right away. Go to RamonaShaw.com forward slash masterclass to sign up.